Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Good debates this morning for sure, talking uh, championships Sunday, AFC and NFC. Oh, man. Big conversations about legacies and uh, narratives and uh, coaching. Miscues. Miscalculations. Yeah, that was some of those. And I will yeah. say, Rod, in the, uh, for the two losing teams, I, mean, I think I'm, I think I'm probably haven't been as vocal, but I think I'm more critical of Jim Harbaugh because his team just didn't appear prepared to play. I agree with you. They got out coached and out schemed. They got out, they got yeah. the, they got pantsed. Yep. And I then that. and then once they fell behind, they panicked. Your stat about the rushing uh, numbers for running backs, I think, points that out. Yeah, six carries for total for the two running backs. I mean, you didn't even try to establish a run game against a team. If you watch the, I'm sure they did the game against Buffalo the week before. Buffalo was able to run the ball. They did. They generate a lot of running yards with James Cook and, and Josh mm-hmm. Allen, and uh, they went heavy personnel. They did, yeah, they did it with heavy. And, and you're in Baltimore. You can go heavy. Yeah, especially when when Patrick Mahomes is moving the ball up and down the field in those first couple of drives. But, yeah, so so big picture, more critical of John Harbaugh and his team just that. didn't feel ready to play. Yep. My criticism of Dan Campbell is just more pointed. I think his team was absolutely ready to play and for a half played the NFC's best team off their feet and played maybe as good a first half as you can play mm-hmm. uh, with what they did uh, to go up 24-7. to seven. And that's I, – I found some sound – I heard something from George Kittle a little bit ago where he was talking about it. You know, for people who don't think momentum is a real thing, I think they're 100% wrong, especially on the road. And that was much my sense with, with Dan Campbell is at any moment where you can stop some momentum, I think you have to try to do it. And I, I understand he would say, well, that's why we went for it on fourth down. We were trying to, you know, mm-hmm. steal some momentum. But just getting three points can stem momentum and adds points to your scoreboard, which are big when you already got a 17-point lead. But, yeah, so, so bigger picture, I'm more, I'm more macro critical of John Harbaugh because his team came unraveled. Yeah. And that's a sign of him and his coaching and the coaching staff. And at the same time, I'm more micro critical of Dan Campbell for a couple of decisions that I think hurt his team. But big picture, I mean, that's why it's kind of frustrating for Dan Campbell because I really like the guy. I think he coaches – a style of football I like a lot. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, your your common theme of break tendency. Sometimes you just have to break who you are to to give yourself the best chance to win. Yeah. And so if you if we can go back and forth on the third quarter decision, I think you should have stemmed momentum there. But I get it. That's what he does. Fourth quarter when you're now down and you're trailing 24, 20, 27, That's, 24. Yeah. And the crowd's going crazy and you you. It's seven minutes to play in the game, and you can tie it. Yeah, I think you kick that right there. I agree with you on that. I think 100%. you kick that. Get the game tied. Let's go for it. Okay, because then, then if you're Dan Campbell, you get everybody to the side and say, look, if we had a, whatever has happened to this point, would we have all taken 27 all with seven minutes to play? Let's go. Yep. Let's go, y'all. Uh, and, I agree with you. And then once you don't get it, then there's all the – that place was going crazy. Uh, in Sanford, in Levi Stadium. So, uh, you know, those are the big picture conversations. It flips also to the quarterbacks because on Mondays and, you know, after big games, you talk about coaching and quarterbacks. And, you know, what can you not say about Brock Purdy? He was unbelievable. And what 
the, the flip side of that is Lamar Jackson. Yeah, and golf actually played pretty well. He, he, I thought oh, he actually I thought he played, played pretty well. well. Um, and you know, they just obviously that third quarter. Uh, and you're talking about Dan Campbell's decisions, and I agree with you. I think you know Dan Campbell at the time probably should have made a more calculated decision and maybe you know went against his nature <laughs> and took the points there. But that third quarter for them, man, it just. And that's why your your point is astute, that he should have been able – Not to, I, I criticize Sark for this at times. Your feel of the game as a coach, you got to be able to feel – the feel of the game is talking – it based the field of the momentum shifting. And when that momentum is on your side, when it's at your back, and when that momentum is, you know, an avalanche against you. And at that time, it was because of the way the third quarter worked out. That Brandon and I, you catch, that was weird and freaky. That's the football gods telling you, take yeah, the points, That man. was a weird and <laughs> freaky catch, the way that thing went down. Then you got the Jameer Gibbs fumble also there. Uh, that unspeakable drop by Josh Reynolds on third and, what, 10 or whatever oh. it was. That was just wide open. Um, remember, that, remember that punt? Remember that 80-yard punt that ended up, ended up basically it should have been a touchback on the one? And they ended up going into the end zone because the Detroit Lions guys, for some reason, I don't know how they bobbed. They, I don't know. They screwed it up. But they, they were down there in plenty of time to, to, to pin uh, San Fran inside the one, and they screwed it up. Yeah. And it was like an 80-yard punt. It was probably the best punt of the night by that punter. That's why, and, and I agree with you, at the end of that, you still got Dan Campbell making questionable decisions um, and gambling in a questionable way. He should have noticed all those things working against him. He didn't. But to me – that's why they gave up a 17-point lead in like nine minutes in the third quarter is because, man, they just had a lot, four or five critical plays not go All, their way. If any one of those plays goes their way, you can make the argument that they, that they could win the game potentially. Yeah, oh, 100%. That Brandon Ayuk catch, that, that long punt had the 49ers pin. If the 49ers got to go 95 yards. Yep. Or 99 yards, it would be very different. Give your team a chance different. to make a play yeah. on defense. No, I mean, all the – and again – the fumble. You remember, for oh, me, Rod, fumble was big. my analysis of games like this come from a lifelong Houston oil or Houston Texans fan. So I consider what, what, what the you possible the worst, worst is scenario. <laughs> and I, I, unfortunately, I vocalized that to my Detroit Lions buddy at halftime. I was like, man, I, I, I'm excited for you, but I'm over here thinking of every possible way they can blow this. Because you're a Love You Boo fan and a Texans <laughs> fan, and we've both we've seen both of those uh, teams in, in the playoffs have humongous meltdowns oh. and, and blown leads. So yes. uh, as a Oiler fan or t- Texans fan, I'm yelling at Dan Campbell, kick the points, kick the field goal. Your, tra- field your goal. trauma has transformed you as a, <laughs> as a fan now. Yeah, you- kick it, kick it, kick it. <laughs> we can't let them get this momentum because once they do, we'll never get it back. And, uh, You're right. Because really, and that's, you know, all, you, you coaches, Rod, most of them are, almost all of them are former players, and there's nothing you can do on the field from the coaching sidelines. What, you, what can I do to help my team here? Yeah. And in that moment – it's it's probably to kick the field goal in both yep. cases, in my opinion. I don't disagree. But saying because I agree with 100. percent When when Brandon Ayuk makes that catch, oh. I'm like, y'all, football gods are against us today. When all <laughs> these things start happening. I'm like, what can I do to stem the football gods? Yes, that's feel of the game. Yeah. and that, I agree with you. You should be critical of Dan Campbell for that. It's like, bro, you didn't see? Are you watching the same game I am? Because I would just take them points right there. Like, yeah. To hell with trying to gamble, but it is, that is he's they've gone for it more on fourth down than any team this century. I mean, they love going for it on fourth down. They play four down football, and it blew up in his face. It blew up his face in the worst possible moment. And I have to be fair because if, if this had this exact same thing had played out with the Cowboys, I'd be all over Mike McCarthy this morning. But uh, uh, mm-hmm. that's got to be fair. Uh, and I would also say that in in back to the John Harbaugh thing, you know that was that was really surprising just how undisciplined his football team was. Yep. 
Um, you know, as I said, I've said, if you, if you run the numbers, the, the Chiefs went, went down the field twice, their first two drives, and took a 14-7 lead, right? They scored the first two touchdowns. But the, the Ravens matched one of those with the beautiful by-time Zay yeah. Flowers touchdown catch. So it was only 14-7. And, and from that point on, the Chiefs only scored three points yeah. the rest of the way. And the three that they gave before the half were completely given to them by the Baltimore Ravens with two 15-yard penalties. They were, red, they were willing to go to halftime at 14-7 uh, and get the ball coming out of half. And instead, a, a, a personal foul, then a roughing the passer where the defensive line reaches out and smacks Patrick Mahomes right in the face. Uh, you can't do that. Those were unquestionably 15-yard penalties. So now with 30 yards, you're out to midfield. It took one Patrick Mahomes throw to Travis Kelsey to kick a field goal. So you, you gave them three points. Yeah. Uh, but you didn't let them score again. And as I said, Rod, between that opening two drives, where they went 86 yards and then 75 yards, and then the 25-yard pass to, M- to Marquez Valdez-Scanling that iced the game, which was an incredible play. The, the numbers would tell you this. Between those two things, between the, the second drive and that throw, mm-hmm. the Chiefs only gained 38 total yards more than the Ravens gave up in penalties. I mean, think about that. You, you totally put a blanket on their offense, 38 yards more. They weren't moving the ball, yet your, your, your in undisciplined nature kept giving them yards yep. in a game that's this tight. I mean, mm-hmm. What are you doing? And it was all like self-inflicted emotional penalties. Emotional yeah. dumbness. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> Y'all stay in control. You're at home. You're the favored team here. Play within your wits. And that goes directly back to John Harbaugh to me and that coaching staff. They. Yep. You got to keep your team under control at that moment, and uh, it's about leadership, though. When you think about, yeah, it, they got a lot of great players, but do they have great leaders? Yeah, that's a, it doesn't that's, seem like it. Well, that's that's the other part, right? I mean, Lamar Jackson throwing his helmet after he throws that interception. Lamar, you just can't throw that interception. Yeah, you, you can't misread it that badly. That was so bad, though. Yeah. It was triple. It was three defenders over there. It was one defender underneath. The linebacker was underneath. And then there was a DB over the top of the, like, the upfield shoulder. And then there was a backside DB that came over to get the pick. I don't know if it was a DB or a linebacker, whoever it was. But there was a backside defender that got the pick. It's like, I don't even know how Lamar read that as open ever. Well, and if you, it was never open. Back to the feel of the game conversation in the NFC game. And the feel of the game, that had come after the Zay Flowers fumble at the goal line. But they had gotten a stop. They would gotten the ball back. They were, okay, now we're going to go back down and tie this game. And, gosh, you throw that ball. I mean, that that is just – It's inexcusable. Well, it, it reminded me, unfortunately, for, for Cowboys fans, of the Dak Prescott pick six before half against the Packers. Like, how, what are you looking it's at? Like that Jordan Love play is what it was to me. That, that yeah. Jordan Love pick against the 49ers, that's what it looked yeah. like. It's like, well, what are you doing? Well, well Dak, before, when, when the Cowboys were down 20 to, 20 to nothing – and they were driving oh, to try to tie the, to, to oh, try to get yeah. back in the game. The double slant. The double slant pick oh, six. I'm like, yeah. Dak, like, what are you even looking high, at? High school quarterback wouldn't throw that. <laughs> what are you looking yeah. at? And it puts seven points. Now you're 27 nothing. That was a hell of a swing. And that was like the coup de grace, man. It's like, the, and this is the same with Lamar Jackson. It's like, you know, you watch Patrick Mahomes play. I mean, you're not – he doesn't make anything. He never throws a pass that looks anything like that. In the sixth playoff game, they're on the sixth game, six playoff game winning streak right now, and he hasn't thrown an interception any of the six games. I know. It's incredible. I mean, he, <laughs> he just – if he's going to make a mistake, it's going to be one or two a game that you, have to, that you can capitalize on, and they're not critical, crucial errors either. I mean, he finds some way to minimize, like, the bleeding. And that's why, whether it's true or not, because you can't get inside someone's head or inside their heart, it, it, you know, the, ar- the argument is that Lamar and Dak kind of panic. They kind of panic in those moments, and they don't, 
for whatever reason. I mean, some guys rise to it, and that's why I think you know, Purdy does. Purdy is weird. Yeah, Purdy. Purdy's right? not a great player, but ice he, water, in that, man. In that moment, Purdy gets these plays his best. It's like, how does this guy play mediocre football for two and three quarters, and then when the game's on the line, when he's down, took double over the digits, game. I don't. Yeah, that's that is different. That is different. You're right. Every great player doesn't necessarily have that gene, but just because you have that gene doesn't make you a great player. And I think that may be Purdy. <laughs> um, but here at 49ers, maybe that's all you need. Think about it, the last seven minutes against Green Bay. They're trailing 21-17. He completed six or seven passes for 49 yards. Uh, the Niners went 69 yards in 12 plays, beat the Packers 24-21. Second half against Detroit, they were trailing 24-7. Purdy accounted for 223 yards total uh, while leading San Fran to a 24-second-half margin over the first 27 minutes of the half. And after the break, he completed 13 of 16 for 174 yards and a touchdown and ran four times for 49 yards. Like, he's basically all of his clutch plays are being made in clutch moments. He's not making any real big plays in the playoffs until his team need, absolutely desperately needs it. Well, and that's why, you know, the conversation about Dak and Lamar Jackson are – Great regular season players, MVP regular seasons, but at the biggest of moments, they come up small. And for, for DeLamar and Dak now, it's multiple times. It's not just once. It's not because that, that's excusable. For, but for, for Dak, it's you know, eight years now in this league, and he hasn't taken his team on a long playoff run. Uh, for Lamar Jackson, it's now you know multiple times as he falls to, what, two and four as a starter in the playoffs uh, is the number. And, yeah, that was on your home field with the game that, that your defense has gotten their hands around this offense and has given you a chance after chance to go win this thing. You know, he can't do anything about the Zay Flowers play, but his interception and then, you know, to be the, to the point of your point of leadership. I mean, Seems that way. I mean, rally your team, rally your team. Brock Purdy calmed his team down. It felt like with some plays he was making, Lamar Jackson seemed just as rattled as his team did. Mm-hmm. It felt like they reflected in one another. And this is where John Harbaugh comes back in the conversation of, yo, let's settle this thing down. But uh, it was Andy Reid over there and Steve Spagnuolo who just looked like the bosses, you know, they're like, yeah. they're totally in control of their team, totally buttoned up, not making big mistakes. And, you know, they had back-to-back holding calls on a guard at one point, but either way, just just felt like they that's where they belong. That's where they're comfortable in that zone. The Ravens never felt that way. Yeah, the quarterbacks that Spagnola has neutralized on their way to the Super Bowl. I mean, you're talking about Tua, Josh Allen, now Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I mean, he's you could argue, excuse me, <clears throat> that the Brock Purdy challenge won't be nearly as formidable as the one they've had so far. Oh, to go through yeah, yeah. those quarterbacks and now you get Purdy, but don't underestimate Purdy. I won't, but <laughs> I know, but, I'm just saying like wait, they won't, but it's but, you know it's, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, that is that's nightmare fuel for most defensive coordinators and you've already gone through that. Yeah. Purdy, now Purdy can run a little bit, but he ain't running like those guys. You're hundred percent correct. And for the macro conversation mm. about the Cowboys, you're now because because when Tom Brady retired and Drew Brees retired and Aaron Rodgers was moved to the conferences, the question was okay, the NFC's wide open can Dak Prescott sees it? Well, back-to-back years, Jalen Hurts has taken his team to the quarter foot Super Bowl. Now Brock Purdy is taking his team. Jared to the Goff surpassed it a little Jared bit. Goff Jared Goff took right the team to NFC title game, and man. It, this is where we talk about legacies and hierarchy. This is where Dak slots now, and this the window was open. Well, now you know he hasn't been able to get, even get to the, past the division championship level this week, this year, the wild card. All right, can we uh, get to Rod's second rant of the day? Uh, brought to you by our good friends at Apple Leasing. Rod's Rant of the Day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car. Any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. 
I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore! Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real! My god! Okay, it's happening! Everybody stay calm! Bro, oh, you've got it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butt. Uh, I said this earlier in the show. Um, I'm done picking against Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the guy's just too damn good. <laughs> and we're talking about the greatest start to a career for any uh, pro athlete in American pro sports history. And when he's an underdog, and by the way, he's, he's going to be an underdog because I think technically right now he is an underdog. That could end up by the Super Bowl, uh, by the time the Super Bowl gets here and kickoff, it could end up being a pick em, or it could end up flipping totally. But I believe right now Kansas City was a one-point underdog to a one-and-a-half-point dog to the San Francisco 49ers, and that would make three weeks in a row where Patrick Mahomes was an underdog. There's, I don't think that's ever happened in his career. I'll give you some numbers. Um, the last time you go look at it <laughs> with Patrick Mahomes, so now totally Patrick Mahomes is 9-3 and three straight up in his career as an underdog after the last win over uh, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens on the road. Uh, that's the best record for any QB in the Super Bowl era with a minimum of 10 starts. Uh, and it is the, you go look at it, um, I believe that Ravens game was the sixth time that Mahomes opened as a underdog of three or more. This obviously against the 49ers, just going to be a one-point dog. But the the Chiefs were at least, a, I think to start, a th- at least a three-point underdog to Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. And he is now 6-0 and in those games. <laughs> he's 6-0 whenever he's a dog of at least three points and he's 9-3 and straight up in his career as an underdog um, and if you go look at it Mahomes is 11 games as an underdog is now 12 games as an underdog um, so he, he's, he's just been fantastic like, it, it, like I said picking against Patrick Mahomes is just not wise and I probably shouldn't do it again but for him to be an underdog in three straight weeks I'll go back and look at it, but there's no way we've seen that happen in Patrick Mahomes' career. And honestly, by the time Super Bowl gets here, I'm not sure if they'll be an underdog. So picking against Patrick Mahomes, not smart. But also uh, there's something else about, you know, we talked about this about Brock Purdy uh, playing some of his best football in critical moments. You got to give it up for the Kansas City Chiefs because they've been limited in their weapons so far this year. We talked about them having the weakest wide receiving core that Patrick Mahomes has had since he's been there with Andy Reid. They have found a way almost in every matchup to highlight a a different player, right? I mean, this past week, it was Travis Kelsey, right? Travis Kelsey, 11 targets, 11 receptions, 116 yards. (laughs) That's how they beat Baltimore. But remember that game that uh, Isaiah Pacheco had? <clears throat> and, and, and that win over Buffalo uh, and that win over Miami, those guys. You go look at Isaiah Pacheco now, 254 rushing yards in the playoffs. Travis Kelsey, 262 receiving yards. And give it up for Rasheed Rice. He has 223 receiving yards in the playoffs. So everything is really concentrated. Like their offensive productivity is really concentrated because they don't have a lot of great weapons. But Andy Reid has found a hell of a way to scheme open Travis Kelsey to scheme things for Isaiah Pacheco in the running game, who just runs like he's mad at the grass, and Rasheed Rice. And we talked about how Rasheed Rice was trending. Rasheed Rice is clearly like the, if you look at scheme-wise, the number one guy for Andy Reid and for Patrick Mahomes right now. 
Um, so it's 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 amazing what the Kansas City Chiefs have been able to do, and they did that against the number one defense. And by the way, that Bills defense was a pretty good defense. I mean, that was that was one of the better defenses in the NFL, and they carved up that defense too. And so Patrick Mahomes right now is just playing on a whole another level. He's he's on a different planet, and he got to that point where Tom Brady was at this point too, where yes, Tom Brady had his weapons, but he didn't need many of them. He just needed like one or two of his guys. He needed Gronk, or he needed an Edelman. You know what I mean? It was he didn't need a lot of guys? He, when he had his best complement of weapons, he didn't even win the Super Bowl, right? You just talked about how Spagnola had a great defensive game plan for the Giants, and when he had Randy Moss and Wes Welker and all those really great weapons in 2007, and they went undefeated throughout the regular season, you know, Tom Brady didn't win the Super Bowl. When Tom Brady was winning Super Bowls, he you know, his weapons up time, he often uplifted the play of the weapons around him. He made the receivers around him better. And I think Patrick Mahomes might be venturing into that category now where he can just able to uplift the play of other players around him. Guys like Marquez Vadell Scantling, uh, Rasheed Rice, they may not have tremendous upside. They may not be guys who are drafted really high in the draft, but Patrick Mahomes is just that good that he can make those guys even better. But what that game came down to with the Baltimore Ravens, and I said this last week, and I should have put more importance on it, but we mentioned so much stuff when we're previewing uh, these matchups, and we're just trying to get in as much of the you know, analysis as we can. I said that Ravens play a lot of zone, zone defense. They play more zone defense and better zone defense than anybody in the league. They, they're more effective playing zone, and it's a matchup zone, pattern match zone, so all these guys are great at passing routes off in coverage. And I said, that pattern match zone, they're really good. It may not matter if the chemistry between Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey is so good and they're able to find the vulnerabilities in that zone. Well, that's exactly what they did all game long. And finally, the, uh, the, the Ravens figured it out, and I think they started to match up more man, uh, play some man concepts on Travis Kelsey, and you can zone up the rest of it if you want to. Uh, but that was a little bit too late because early on in the game and when they needed a for-sure conversion, they needed a clutch play. I'm watching Patrick Mahomes' nine-second nine second scramble drill <laughs> to get Travis Kelsey a, 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 a target on third down to keep one of their touchdown drives alive early in the game, and they end up scoring that second touchdown. You know, that kind of chemistry, I don't know if there's anything – Anybody can do about it. I don't know if there's anything the 49ers can do about that kind of chemistry. Here at Longhorn fans, we remember watching that kind of bromance between a quarterback and a receiver. We watched Cole McCoy and Jordan Shipley. Now imagine that to the nth degree. Imagine that with the greatest tight end of all time and maybe all right, one of the goats, young goats of all time, a quarterback too. Chemistry is highly underrated. And that just showed you it didn't matter. They were going up against the number one defense in the league. Number one defense in the league can't stop Kelsey and Mahomes. I don't know if there's anybody that can stop Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. I don't know if that, I don't know if that defense exists. Yeah. Well, and again, I mean, everything you just say is spot on, but and the clutch gene, they just, they, they, it's their time of year. Much like it was Tom Brady's time of year, and I think the comparisons are there. And I know it be like early in the year we talked about, you know, it feels like Brett Veach and the Chiefs are – going to try to copy what Belichick and Brady did, which is right. I mean, yeah. we've got this all-time quarterback who's all-time clutch, who makes huge plays when we need him. You know, the, the initial thought would be, well, let's surround him with great, great offensive players. Yep. 
Um, you know, or you go to because in a salary cap league, you can't do everything, right? You, you can't. So they first rebuilt the offensive line because they got to the Super Bowl and couldn't block anybody because their line all got hurt. Tampa Bay exposed. Yeah, and Tampa Bay exposed their their protection. So they fixed that, and now it's been about the defense. And to your point about re-signing Chris Jones, they have to do that. But this is the Belichick Brady model that if if we play stingy defense, really well coached with Steve Spagnuolo, who's really underrated, and then we have this guy and this other guy, Travis Kelsey, like he had Gronk. We're going to win these games. We're going to win these games because we're going to be the calm team. We're going to be yep. schemed up and ready to go, and we got this guy. And Brady did it for 20 years. Uh, and you saw how Belichick, how good he was once that guy left. <laughs> yeah, didn't even matter. He still was good. I think Patrick Mahomes, you know, if Andy Reid decides to retire, he'll still be good. He will. If you keep – that was my suggestion last week, was keep Spagnolo to run the defense, make him the head coach, and then hire a great young offensive mind to work with Mahomes. Or bring Enemy back. Or yeah, hire Eric Enemy. Bring Enemy back. Let him call the plays. Because it's <laughs> – you know, defense still wins championships in my mind. And it's an offensive league, but as we saw yesterday – um, you know, you still have to play high-level defense. And you know who else is making a lot of money? This, 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 this run and the trends of the copycat NFL run? Tight ends. Tight ends, tight ends. yep. J.T. Sanders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, uh, Sam Laporta is as good as it gets. George Kittle, uh, obviously Travis Kelsey. Mark Andrews is a really good player trying to work his way back. And that's the only part of the thing because the Chiefs were great yesterday in those first couple drives. But that game was there to be won. If yep. you tell any Ravens fan, we held them to 17 and none in the second. We win that game. We win that game, and they didn't. And that's credit to the defense of the Chiefs and then just the uh, the shrinkage nature of the Ravens right now uh, because they didn't rise up and take that game when it was there for them. So, I, yeah, I, just, I was just talking about the line because Patrick Mahomes is an underdog, third game, third playoff game in the row he's an underdog, which is just wild. The, line, the, the 49ers started off at a two-and-a-half-point favorite, and now they're just a one-point favorite. Oh, so it's come down. It's come down drastically in just 24 hours. No, oh. actually less than 24 hours. That's overnight. So okay. I think by the time that game kicks off, Kansas City Chiefs may be a favorite. Maybe. Well, it's funny. So it take be- it right now, people. Take well, it. Take it. Well, you, I mean, you know the best, <laughs> the best, be- the best betters, the sharps, right? Mm. They get on it early because mm-hmm. that's usually when you're going to get your best line. Yep. And gosh, half a point, point. Those are huge swings oh, when man. the game's going to be this close. Um, it just really is, and and stick to get that because you might get you won't get that line again. No. So if you can get it early, that's where you where you want to be. But uh, either way, look again. That's the, this Chiefs dynamic is remarkable. It's very Brady Belichick like, um, and Steve Spagnuolo, man, what a stud, absolute stud. What they do, Rod. You you are a corner. Their corners are so sticky. They are. Yep. I mean, they are really really good. Uh, and this guy Trent McDuffie, who they took in the first round out of Washington. He gives no space, man. That guy is up on you. And it's, I, I think I first noticed it when they, early in the season when they played Jacksonville. I remember Jacksonville at the Jackson. time was pretty healthy with got Trevor Lawrence. And, yeah. and they got all those real good receivers. And, man, no one was open. Nobody was open. I'm like, it was, they're, they're really impressive what they do uh, at, at all three levels. And that's, that's credit to that coaching staff and to the drafting that they've awesome. done. Yeah, credit to Beach, man. Which is why it'll be a great matchup in the Super Bowl, right? I mean, you've got Ayuk and Debo and you've got – you know, it's going to be a fun and fun football game, and it'll probably come down to Mahomes v. Purdy, and we'll see. I, I got to go Mahomes. <laughs> I was going to say, well, that's an easy decision. That's what I said. We're going Mahomes versus Purdy. That's an easy decision, but we'll see. I mean, Spagnola, we just don't give him enough props, and that he's if he can find a way to uh, you know neutralize that multiplicity um, and that multiple attack for San Fran, man, we got to start just putting that dude in you know in the Hall of Fame just as a coordinator because what he's done so far. 
Oof, awesome. Right? Well, to pair, considering going back to his time with the Giants. Yeah, to pair him with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, and that's, that's why they're looking to go back-to-back and go back-to-back in Super Bowls because that, that's, that's as good as it gets as far as the coaching. Is he the best – got to talk about Is he the best D.C. in the, in, like, in the league? Are we um, not giving him enough – who's the best D.C. in the league? Who's the best coordinator? Defensive uh, coordinator. I would, right now, Dan Quinn was in the conversation. Mike McDonald's in the conversation. Uh, D'Amico was, but now those guys are head coaches now. So I'm talking about like, as a coordinator right now, defensive coordinator. Is he the best? Him or Dan Quinn. I think Dan Quinn's going to come back. We have, I don't think we've talked about this today. I, I think it's 99% sure that Dan Quinn will be back as D.C. for the Cowboys. Oh, you think Mike McDonald's going to get the Seattle job? I think, it's, I think Dan Quinn would have been hired by now. If, if he I do, too. I think they're the waiting. They, they wanted to interview this other guy, too, which I think you're right about. Well, there, there was some thought in Seattle. I read a bunch over the weekend that, you know, John Schneider's in charge of the hire, and he wasn't going to hire until he could sit face-to-face with Everybody. Mike McDougal. He wanted to talk to them. It still may swing back to Dan Quinn when it's all said yeah, and done. Yeah, if a terrible interview. Yeah, if it doesn't go well. And, you know, his defense made great adjustments yesterday again. Yeah, but Spagnuolo might be the best D.C. in the league right yeah, Well, again. Yeah, Dan Quinn's in the conversation, but – would you take Spags or Dan Quinn? I would take Spagnuolo. I think I'll take Spags right now, and I love me some Dan Quinn. Well, is... w- what you've seen him do the last couple of years and rebuilding this Chiefs defense, but also, again, 2007 Patriots, highest scoring offense of all time. Tom Brady, 50 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Randy Moss. Moss, Wes Welker. He beat him. He did. He, he beat him. They were going 19-0, and and then he beat him. That, he was the architect of that defensive game plan that stopped Tom Brady. Uh, and so, and he's still doing it. As a head coach, it didn't work for him. But at the same time, as far as scheming up D, I mean, you're a defensive guy, Rod. It's as, oh, yeah. not as good as it gets right there. I We're, like Lou Anarumo, too, from Cincinnati. Cincinnati. He's one good. of my – he's just great in the playoffs. But, right, I mean, if it's not Spags, I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't know who I would take ahead of Spags. I'll say that right now. Really good. Yeah. Uh, we hope in time, Rod, it'll be D'Amico Ryans. We'll see. <laughs> we, we, well, he's not, not the coordinator anymore. Now he's a head coach, and he doesn't call – does he call – right. does, right. does he still call well, the defensive plays? And I, I like that Spagnola has settled into this. I want to coach the defense right now. Yes. He could be a head coach again, but, you know, he, he, he's got a good – pretty good. He, Where he, was he the head coach? The Rams? Yeah, I think so. I think Giants. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Exactly. You know, I, I'll look at it. All right, we'll come back. When we do, uh, we'll pick up this. I want you to hear from uh, some voices. We'll hear from Dan Campbell when asked about his fourth down decisions. Also hear some uh, criticism of Dan Campbell. Also got to hear from Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh spoke for the first time since he became the new head coach of the L.A. Chargers. Why he left Michigan. Back for the NFL. It's all coming. Part of a busy Monday on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan. Rod Babers. Hook em up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Oh, man, what a Monday. Yesterday and Sundays like it are why we love football. It's also why we start to get sad and depressed this time of year because the, uh, the Sundays like that are coming to an end. <laughs> they're, they're, they're only one more with the Super Bowl, and it should be a doozy. As uh, Rod just said, the Chiefs currently a one-point favorite. Who, who's favorite right now, Ty? Is it Chiefs or, or 49ers? 
Uh, last I saw was the 49ers by a point. 49ers, yeah, by a, by a point. And as Roger said, it opened up two and a half, and uh, money's come in early. But uh, it's going to be a heck of a Super Bowl. There's a lot of uh, compelling matchups, but uh, uh, probably wise to pick Mahomes. Just the way this is going, uh, they're going to their fourth Super Bowl in five years. He's only been a starter for six years, and he's going to with fifth, his fifth Super Bowl. Um, pretty incredible, to say the least. He was just in his another AFC championship game. They won it 17-10. to 10. Uh, largely because of their defense in the second half. But, you know, he did enough. And then that throw he made, I mean, it's, it's impossible to underestimate just how big that throw was, how ballsy that throw was to Marquez Valdez Scandling uh, on that final drive to be able to take the knee. Because uh, obviously an incompletion there, I mean, you're giving the Ravens the ball and a real opportunity where you, you know, that, that's, a, that's a risky move. Uh, they gambled and won, unlike Dan Campbell, who gambled and lost a couple of times in the NFC Championship game. And we're talking about it with you uh, here this morning. Uh, all right, Ty, so I wanted to play this because we've talked about Dan Campbell. Uh, by the way, C.J. Vogel is going to join the show. C.J. Vogel, of course, with uh, Football Brainiacs. He'll join us after the top of the hour after our Who Said That. Uh, we're going to preview this Texas basketball uh, game tonight. It's a big Monday game at the, at the Mood. Uh, should be a raucous crowd at 8 o'clock tonight when they play Houston. The Cougars are coming to town, Kelvin Sampson and company, and we'll preview that game. Also look back at what went wrong at BYU on Saturday. And we'll talk to C.J. about a little of this football, too, because uh, here are the numbers, Ty. Because, uh, by the way, Rod Babers had to uh, run home. Uh, he had an appointment he had to get to, so he will uh, rejoin us tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Ty and I'll carry it with C.J. coming on. But uh, Chiefs going to their fourth Super Bowl in five years. Travis Kelsey uh, sets the record for the most postseason receptions in NFL history going past Jerry Rice. He's rewriting the postseason record book. Meanwhile, in the NFC game, it was the Lions up 24-7 to at the half. Uh, I don't know that you could have called a better game than the the Lions or offensive coordinator Ben Johnson did in that first half. It's why he's getting a lot of head coaching love, maybe even in Washington. I mean, that was schemed up. They just torched that San Francisco defense. But, the you know, the Niners rally. And here becomes the, 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 the conversation. You know, we talked about John Harbaugh, more of a, of a macro question at coaching is, was your team ready to play? Why were they so undisciplined? Why, amped, why so amped up? So many, why so many unforced errors and mistakes? That goes to coaching and leadership. Uh, but for Dan Campbell – there's no doubt that his team was ready to play. I mean, they played great. But in the second half, Ty, and I want your thoughts on this, um, you know, you had to anticipate, and I'm sure Dan Campbell did, that this home team is going to make a push. They're going to make a run, and it's going to come early. It's going to come early in the half. They've got to get back in this game. They're down 24-7, to and they haven't been able to stop you at all. They came out with the ball, the Niners, and you knew that was a critical drive. They had to go down and get some points. They did. They kicked a field goal. So now it's 24-10. to Um you kick back off to the Niners kick back off to the Lions and the Lions move the ball down the field tie and there they are they're in, in makeable field goal range I know it, it their book analytics all say go for it they went for it and the receiver dropped the ball and you gave the ball right back to the 49ers without adding any points to the score if you kick it there you 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 equal what the Niners did on that first drive of the third quarter and you, now, now you're halfway through the third quarter because now you're playing the clock too, uh, that if you can get out of here with a, with a win, uh, you want to match scores where you can, in my mind, kind of, kind of uh, equal them. Obviously, the, the Niners get a big boost. And I want to I play this for you, Ty. Let's start with George Kittle. Okay, I want to play, play George Kittle. Here's George Kittle when asked about, let's hear, when asked about the, the momentum in the game and how important it is to get those stops, to get the crowd involved and make, give everybody belief that we can go win this game. I have a question for you guys. Why does analytics people say that momentum isn't a real thing? Like what, that is a, I had a conversation with Pat McAfee. He was like, yeah, all these people are telling us that momentum's not real. And that's just the, 
biggest load of horse crap I've ever heard of in my entire life. But we can move on. I digress. When did you feel? All right, there we go. There's George. Oh, go ahead. Actually, keep that going. Keep that going. I think our stadium did a fantastic job. Like when Nick said, yes, like for some reason, playoffs and Levi's, it feels like there's crowd, like crowd noise being pumped in. It's not. Our fan base is just phenomenal. Um, really, you know, we had a good opening drive out of the second half. And that fourth down stop, you can just kind of feel an energy. We go down and score. All right, this is huge. Turnover. I was like, oh, man, all bets are off now. Like, bang, bang. All right, so that would be my point to Rod's argument about this is what they've been all year. What George Kittle just said, Ty, is – you know, in that moment, they got a field goal. If you match it with a field goal, the crowd is, you know, kind of bumming. Like, they want to build some momentum. Kittle just said it. We got a stop, which gave us the momentum. Our crowd got behind us. We went down and scored. Then it's the fumble. Then the avalanche is on. Uh, you know, we'll never know this, but I believe you kick that field goal. You go to a TV timeout because then you're kicking off, right? And you're, you're just trying to, trying to match scores. Uh, I, I really was in favor of Dan Campbell kicking a field goal there. Your, your side of that there, T.Y.? Um, I mean, I, I, if you look at my Twitter right now, you'll see that I had a seven-leg parlay that uh, kind of hinged on the 49ers covering three-and-a-half. So I was, I was happy with Dan Campbell's decision to keep going for it on fourth down because it kept okay. me alive. But, yeah, I mean, if I was a coach, I, I, I would have taken the points. You, like, like Rod and you have been saying, like you, you need to zag from what you usually do, and it was, it was clear that they, they were just going to keep going for it every single time. Yeah, I know that's what he does. And, and Rod would point out the Cowboys game. Well, they lost the Cowboys game, too, because he went for two when he kept he didn't have to. Uh, sometimes, you know, better part of Valor. And you go ahead and get those points, especially on the road, up 17 with a cushion. All you want to do is keep the crowd out of it. As uh, George Kittle just said, momentum is a big thing, especially on the road. Don't give the the home team belief. Match scores and, you know, the avalanche can be prevented. Instead, the opposite happened. Uh, and then for sure, now, look, by the time, the time they get back to where Dan Campbell's got to make another decision on this, it's the fourth quarter, and they're trailing in the game. They've given up the lead. Now it's 27-24. Uh, I mean, gosh, this is the one where even Rod – uh, was in agreement that we go, you got to kick the field goal. You, once you've given up the lead and the crowd is going frenzy and you move the ball down into field goal range and it's fourth and three, now you got to kick. You got to get this game tied with seven minutes to play and see where we go from there. Uh, but didn't, and obviously, you know, they end up, next thing you know, they're down 10. Now it's 34 24. And what was a 17 point lead is now a 10 point hole. And, you know, you're going to run out of time here. And, and then it's the 20, you know, then, then, you know, even though you and I, Ty, and I think a lot of people were telling you to take the points in real time, now you're down 10. Now it's, you know, we told you so kind of thing. Like, because now you, you're two possessions down. If you kick those field goals, you're right where you want to be in a close game at the end of the NFC Championship game. I wanted you to hear from uh, Dan Campbell himself on this. Dan Campbell was certainly asked about his decisions, and here's how that sounded after the game. It's tough. It's questions. Dan, you, um, you had two fourth-down decisions that were critical in the, the second half, and neither one was – Two fourth-down decisions that were critical in the second half, neither yeah. one was converted. Yeah. Um, you know, particularly the second one, why why not take a, a field goal there and maybe stem the bleeding a little bit? Yeah, that just felt really good about us converting and uh, getting our momentum and, and not letting them play long ball. Um, you know, they were bleeding the clock out. That's what they do. Um, and I wanted to get the upper hand back, um, you know, and it's easy hindsight, and I get it, you know, um, I get that, but I don't regret those decisions, and that's hard, you know, it's hard, because, you know, they didn't, we didn't come through, it wasn't able to, to work out, but I just, I don't, 
I don't. And I understand the scrutiny I'll get. That's part of the gig, man. Um, but, you know, we just, just didn't work out. Just didn't work out. Hate it for Dan Campbell, but same time, those are I think those are easy choices in my opinion. But that's not his way, and uh, as Rod pointed out over and over, that's why they're here. You could argue they they wouldn't be where they are if that's not how they played all year. When they cross midfield and get into plus territory, they feel like it's four down territory, and it's it's hard to stop that offense four times is the argument. Uh, but man, time and place, game awareness, situational football. Uh, this, this is the most important. This is to go to the Super Bowl. Franchise hasn't, has never been to one. And, um, you know, six big points that you didn't take um, cost your, your opportunity uh, to get to a Super Bowl. Uh, coming back, uh, Ty, we'll play some Who Said That um, because I, I got another piece of sound from someone who is on my side of this argument and pretty adamantly. Uh, but, by the way, you mentioned your, your six late. You did not win the parlay, did you? You lost it no, because lost. of that late backdoor cover touchdown by the, by the Lions, correct? Yeah, the last two things I had, uh, you know, going into that last drive were I needed Jameer Gibbs to get a catch, which he did on the first play of that drive. So I started celebrating at that point, and then I realized that the, the Lions were kind of dicing them down the field. So, uh, yeah, it was it was very disappointing, but you know it's 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 that's the life of a man who bets parlays you know weekly. So I'll be back. <laughs> I'll be back for the Super Bowl. Man who bets parlays weekly. Oh man, I love it. Uh, the other cr- thing that you can criticize Dan Campbell for too, Rod or Ty, is at the end of the drive that ended up in the touchdown, the running play that he he allowed Ben Johnson to call, the running play that got yeah. stuff that forced him to take a timeout. That timeout, those three timeouts were critical to the end of game uh you know I don't know that they made enough of it with Greg Olson and Kevin Burkhardt on the call that has to be three straight throws you have to throw the ball into the end zone there you can't let the clock stop Jared Goff has to know I'm throwing and we're, we're everything goes to the end zone from the the goal line here and I'm not taking a sack and once David Montgomery came in everybody in the stadium and everyone watching knew it was going to be a run you, you had Jameer Gibbs in there all the entire drive because he's obviously a better or more of a threat out of the backfield passing wise I just it was that was stupid that was honestly worse to me than than some of those fourth down or you know going for it on fourth down well, because you just wanted to kick the field goal. Oh, well, yeah, that's it. Because there was a strategic idea of just go ahead and kick the field goal, save time, and then, you know, if you don't get the onside kick, then you still have three timeouts to stop the clock and get the ball back. But then you need a touchdown. I understood it. What you couldn't do is what they did, which is hand the ball off. Uh, when you hand the ball off and get stuffed in the backfield, you know, you got to use that timeout now. And now it's, it, your, your, your season relies on an onside kick which, you know, we know that that it's almost impossible these days. So, yes, obviously coaching questions for Dan Campbell. I still think he's a, he's a, a coach I root for. Uh, frustrating that uh, they couldn't finish that, but it was all too, as a Houston fan, it was all too Oiler-Texan-like for me uh, just to, to collapse in the second half and did every as, – as, as we pointed out, everything that – every break the Niners needed they got from the Brandon IU catch to the – you know the the ball, the the punt that was on the goal line to the to the drop by Josh Reynolds. I mean, all these things were just adding up, and in the end, um, it was the Niners who were into the Super Bowl for the eighth time in their franchise's history to meet the Chiefs, who were there for the fourth time in five years. Should be a heck of a Super Bowl, but you do feel bad for the uh, the Lions on this Monday morning. We'll come back. We'll play some. Who said that? C.J. Vogel talk some Texas basketball with us at the top of the hour. It's a busy Monday. I'll hook him up with Ian Rodby. All right, before we 
play a little Who Said That uh, with some sound. I wanted to read this text on the uh, text line, 512-447-3776. Gus from the Bronx says, guys, being a data analyst, I don't think they have been able to quantify the effects on momentum into data. If they have, they probably have discovered that it's not enough to override the analysis of going forward on fourth down. Still, I don't think you can quantify the human emotions in sport, and that is a huge factor in the game. Thank you, Gus. That's a, that's a really, really good point. And this kind of goes to Dan Campbell. I mean, Ty, Ty, we know this, right? These are the, these are the, the most pressure-packed moments for any of these players, right? I mean, this isn't just a regular season game that, that everybody wants to win. This is to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, and you, when you're trying to stem momentum and help your team not get uh, on the wrong side of it, and you have an ability to do that, I mean, you, you have to take into effect that, um, you know, these are human humans and the pressure. Who, which players on your team handle the pressure? Well, obviously Josh Reynolds did not and dropped a couple of passes last night. I mean, those are the kind of things, I mean, pressure cracks pipes, and these are the highest stakes that these players will play in in their, their careers, arguably. And um, that's where I think Dan Campbell probably should have erred on the side of caution in that point. But, you know, that's not his, his style. Uh, I also want to play this, though. Here, you know, we've been all over this this morning talking about it in addition to the Ravens and Chiefs game. Let me let you hear Rex Ryan this morning. Usually on who said that, uh, we play some sound. We try to guess if Arad had to run out of here to go to an appointment. Let's hear from uh, Rex Ryan, though, on ESPN this morning talking about the decisions that Dan Campbell made. And I'm going to tell you something. This is the most dating loss I mean, of all time, because I'm, I, I've lost three championship games. You know what you get when you lose a championship Not game? a dang thing? Not a dang thing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. This will haunt you for the rest of your life. Mm. And I'm telling you, because I, I get it. I can remember every damn one of those losses. Everything about plays. That's what it means to this football team, to Dan Campbell, to all his coaches, to every, every one of the players. They're going to be with them forever. And that's what you, you're going to react two different ways. You're going to let it just kill you. Or you're going to sit back and say, I'll be damned if that happens again. Every guy. Really well. All right, so there's, uh, you know, from his perspective, uh, Rex Ryan. Thoughts there, Ty? I mean, uh, that's because you, you can't guarantee you ever get back to this right here. And, uh, you know, you had the chance, you had the lead. And, um, you know, I, I understand what Dan Campbell is. But at the same time, could, it, could, could you make, you know, 2020 hindsight decisions? Yeah, I mean, uh, this one that, that kind of hits on a personal level. You know, it's not as big of a deal, but you know, I played in a state championship game, or I was hurt. I did not I even play, but I still think about that game all the time. You know, my the high school hero in me, like what could have, what could have gone differently, and it, it's I'm sure Coach Dodge thinks about it all the time. So I can't imagine on the highest level what what you must be thinking. But when it comes to Dan Campbell, it's it's like today it could have been a completely different narrative if one or two of those fourth downs go differently. You're like, right about that. He could have been known as having balls argument. of steel, and yeah, you know, it's it. I, I don't know. I, I don't blame him for for going for it. it just it's he should he he should expect the the criticism he's getting today, though. And he did. He said it. That part of the gig, and that's fair. And he's going to be back doing great next year. I think he's up for coach of the year along with uh, the others, and and rightfully deserves it. By the way, speaking of pressure, breaking pipes, Ty. There's no one more clutch than Patrick Mahomes. You realize that last year in the Super Bowl, the Eagles had led the NFL with 70 sacks on the season. They sacked Patrick Mahomes zero times. Coming into the game yesterday, the Ravens led the NFL with 31 takeaways this season. They also led in sacks. They had zero turnovers forced to Patrick Mahomes yesterday. They also only had one sack in the game, if memory serves. 
So and Chiefs turn it up when 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 it's time to when it's time to play big games. He's just he's a different level, man. He is a different level. Oh man, he just uh, you know that, that's why Rod was giving you those stats all last week. Is you know how when Patrick Mahomes goes up against the best defenses, he's fine. He's fine. I mean. Um, we saw Lamar Jackson go up against, you know, he's got the best defense in his Ravens. The other second best defense were the Chiefs, and he couldn't manage more than 10 points and had critical turnovers, made critical mistakes, and, you know, that's the, that's the, that's the separator. When you get to this point, you're going to have to be able to beat really, really good defenses. Nobody better than Patrick Mahomes. Tom Brady was pretty damn good at it before him, and that's who he looks like, just cool as he can be in these moments, rising to the occasion over and over again. Coming back, we'll talk more about it. Also talk some Texas basketball, preview the big Monday matchup with the fourth-ranked Houston Cougars. C.J. Vogel from the Football Brainiacs will join us to uh, talk some Texas hoops and NFL. Talk about with Ian Rodby.